Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stutter Talk. My name is Chris Constantino. I'm a person who stutters and an assistant professor in communication science and disorders at Florida State University. Today, I'm talking with Dane Isaacs. Dane is also a person who stutters and a doctoral candidate in the Department of Psychology at Stellenbosch University in Stellenbosch, South Africa. Thank you for coming on the show today, Dane. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. You're very welcome. Um, I'm just going to let all the listeners know that uh, you are performing a Herculean feat right now because we we couldn't get our recording to work properly on our computers. So Dane is simultaneously holding his cell phone, keeping his screen on, and talking to us. Sure. Um, so, so I want to thank you for your effort, Dan. Not a problem, Chris. Um, so I mentioned that you are a, a PhD candidate, right, at um, in psychology. Can you uh, tell us um, what exactly you're studying and what you're interested in? Sure. Yeah, so as um so as Chris mentioned, I um am I'm a doctoral candidate and my research um it's looking um at um the masculine experiences or or more so the discourses of masculinities amongst men in Cape Town. Um, and I'm also looking at the disabling experiences of these men. Do you have a particular focus on um, any one aspect of disability, or is it just disability in general? Um, so I definitely uh, think more the critical um, studies. Um, related to disabilities, um, I mean, particularly around um, the social model and how um, stuttering interacts with 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 your social environment, because I think uh, that is something that has come out continuously uh, throughout my research. That it's definitely uh, the interaction um, that. Um, that predominantly um, disables the men within my study. Right. Um, I, I think that's so clear, especially when you're talking about something like stuttering that's so highly variable. Um, like people who stutter often have the experience of um, if, if they've been able to meet with other people who stutter or, um, participate in uh, stuttering support or stuttering self-help. That when they're in those environments, a, a lot of the a lot of the disability goes away, right? Absolutely. But yeah, but when they're in, say, their everyday lives, um, the the barriers they encounter make speaking much harder. Absolutely, and. Um uh, you know, just to latch on, uh, you know, what you are saying, and it's exactly um, why I used a discursive psychology um, because um, of the theoretical assumption that masculinity um, is not one uniform experience, but they are multi, uh, but it's based on your social interactions. Like, for example, um, I found um, that men were more comfortable um, speaking or stuttering um, in the company of a female or their mother, uh, but they would not necessarily be comfortable um, to, um, to actually stutter um, in male company and females uh, that they wish to pursue, um, um, you know, an intimate partner relationship because of the stigma, um, you know, attached 
um, you know, to scattering, uh, the vulnerability, uh, the weakness, being powerless, um, everything uh, that goes against um, um, society's view of hegemonic masculinity. Right, right. That that that's really in, interesting. How all those different, all those different interactions play out, and I I would imagine that even um, different uh, men who identify in different ways, whether it's ethnic or racial or um, sexual, also have different. Uh, displays of um, the, the interaction between stuttering and their different masculinities. Definitely, absolutely. And um, um, like you mentioned earlier on that, um, in certain contexts, um, men uh, do not identify as disabled. And um, I think uh, the... The sad thing with stuttering is that you are not only oppressed um, by fluent speakers, but you are also oppressed by stutterers themselves because um, oftentimes when they have um, reached that um, um, normal um, persona, um, they tend to kind of... um, get actually upset, um, you know, at someone who stutters because it's like um, Joshua Zanpia mentions in his papers when he uh, speaks about model failure. Um, you know, they um, they also part and parcel um, um, in this whole thing about model failure and how stuttering is then seen as um, something that you aren't working enough at and I myself was part of a um, support group for stutterers, um, a well-known support group. It's internationally known. And uh, the thing that I've discovered there was that exact thing is that we were coached um, to use a certain technique, uh, you know, but the interesting thing was that uh, the moment you failed at that technique. Um, who were kind of, um, in a way, disciplined because uh, because you weren't working enough at becoming fluent, uh, you know, or as this program terms it, eloquent, um, you know. And it's sad that even so, you are given a mentor, um, a lifelong mentor. And you need to check in with this mentor. And in this conversation, so they call it mechanical speech. So what happens there is that uh, there's a way that you need to speak. And when you speak to your mentor, um, you need to um, act out that way of speaking. And even if you do not speak in that certain way, you are actually um, um chastised, if I can use that term for not um, using your mechanical speech correctly. And I've seen there was a guy that was a part of my study, and he actually went on this program, and he spoke to me, and you could see uh, um, that many of these men do face what we call in this program bad days, where your stutter just seems incontrollable, and many a stutterers, you know, such as yourself. I mean, I believe we have those days, but you actually feel bad for having those days, and because you are not using your technique correctly. Yeah, it's almost like you're expected to take personal responsibility for your for your disorder. I, uh, the weird thing is that you are saying that, Chris. We are actually told on the course that um, this is not your family's problem. It's not your community's problem. This is your problem. And we were actually told in one of the sessions that we always say that, oh, could I have been blind? Uh, You know, or could I have been um, physically 
uh, disabled in terms um, of being a better plane chick, but but then we are told, but you've got the tools now. You are not disabled. And um, with a fourth paper in my um, PhD research, you would see that many men were very uh, resistant to identify as as disabled. Um, like a lot of, I think the interesting thing was when I reached a level of success um, post-studying, if I was in a comfortable job, I was now no longer disabled. But the interesting thing is um, I had two sample groups, those at a university and um, young professionals. And the young professionals were adamant not to be seen as disabled. And the university uh, students, there was this anxiety about, am I going to get a job? Uh, what are the employment prospects for someone who, um, who stuttered? Um, you know, and the sad thing was, uh, when I asked the professionals, would you advocate um, um, for stutterers actually noting on job applications um, that there are stutterers, they were set against it. They said, no, why it's not a disability. Uh, we've got the tricks now um, to kind of um, pass, um, you know, as normal because um, they felt that the corporate environment that many of these men worked in um, also reinforced this hegemonic version of masculinity. You need to um, know how to speak. You cannot at any point show weakness. That That's fascinating. It's almost like stuttering is rather than just a a a a a way of speaking. It's a character flaw, right? Yes. And and they Absolutely. have to try to hide it. Absolutely. I remember uh, when I finished my master's, um, I did an internship. And um, I mean, I remember presentations for me at that point. The way I'm speaking now, it's way better than what I spoke um, at the 23, 24. Um, my stutter was quite severe. And, um, and I remember uh, presentations uh, was a big issue, and that is something that I touch on in the paper uh, that you read, Chris. Um, you know, and um, I remember when I did this one presentation and the supervisor kind of did a, um, a poster presentation. And I did it and I actually um, became teary and actually cried. And uh, the one colleague said, oh, that was a touching uh, uh, um, um, presentation uh, but you need to get out of that victim mentality and that is the thing that people see stuttering if you are stuttering severely I mean I think the saddest thing being a stutterer is that you are always compared with people who have um, so-called overcome stuttering um, who has um through self-confidence, um, through um, doing various things. I, and I think that is what Joshua Sampier alludes to in his earlier work, you know, where he speaks about model failure, where it's this continuous thing that why could that person do it and why can't you? Um, uh, what is wrong with you? You are lazy. Um, you don't want to do your techniques. You don't want to um, uh, uh, um, be there. Yeah, the I I think that not only affects what other people are thinking, but it also affects what we are thinking. Absolutely. Right. We often blame ourselves because we Absolutely. see other people handle it successfully. 
absolutely. And I think um, that was one of the things with a paper, um, I don't have time for this, um, stuttering in the politics um, of university time that got published in the Scandinavian Journal of Disability Research, where I reflect upon um, an experience that up until today it still haunts me um, because um, I was told that I could not apply um, for clinical masters. And unfortunately for me, my supervisor at that point, honest supervisor, was the convener. So he kind of the last decision ended with him. And he was actually furious um, at the fact that I would imagine to go against when he told me, um, don't apply because your stutter is is still and you're going to make the patients uncomfortable uh, that you need to give therapy to. And um, he told me, uh, um, take a year off, go sort out your stutter because his perception was that stuttering is linked to anxiety. It's it's not something that is disabling me. For him, I can correct it. And they actually got cheesed off with the fact that there was um, a young girl, and I think that informed their decision, or a young woman uh, that stuttered two years before me in that same course. And he was telling me that she wasted too much time. And uh, they had this certain time that they needed to and the attitude a stunk and that's why they felt that I need to go and um, go in my time and I'll go fix my stutter. So yeah, let's let's talk about this a little bit deeper. The paper you're talking about is I don't have time for this, stuttering the politics of university time. As as you mentioned it was published in the Scandinavian Journal of Disability Research, and you, you you basically are outlining experiences that you've had trying to navigate the university system with a stutter. Um, and before we get into those those individual experiences, the the methodology you use for this paper is is an autoethnography. Can you just explain to the listeners what that means? Sure, sure. And so in autoethnography is um, using your own personal experiences or reflecting on your experiences um, to highlight um, certain um, aspects of society, um, you know, that at times um, discriminate and oppress against um, individuals. Uh, but it's not uh, just confined uh, to disability studies, obviously. Uh, but I'm just speaking um, in terms of disability um, studies that an ethnographic piece is just a personal reflection, but with a motive to highlight um, those unequal systems um, that exist within society to oppress um, a disabled um, individual. Right. And and you have um, a lot of interesting experiences that you talk about in your paper. And the the one that sort of gives it its title starts at the beginning of the paper. Um, can y- y- you relate that experience for the listeners? Sure, sure. So, um, so I was um, in my master's year. And um, I uh, went uh, to the university library because I was busy writing up uh, my dissertation at that point um, at another university, uh, the university that um, um, discriminated against me. Um, I had left, um, you know, and I then got accepted for another master's at another university. And um, I had to go take out books. And I think uh, this is a common experience with, with, with uh, stutterers is that you are so fearful um, to approach someone or speak because of this um, fear of stuttering. And I remember um, I took out these books um, 
and I wanted to take them out. But I had to ask uh, the librarian um, something about a book on short loan. And at that point, um, I was just stuttering. And uh, there was just this block. And I was just stuttering. And he just looked at me, but with this um, agitation. And while I was stuttering, he just walked away. And I ended up eventually saying what I wanted to say, and he was not interested. I then assumed that he he probably thought that I was um, playing the fool, um, but he never returned. He just remained sitting eventually until I just walked away from the counter. Yeah, I think I think probably many of our listeners can relate to that experience. Um, I think it's even more common when the person can't see you like on the phone. Absolutely. 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 So you, you had mentioned the social model earlier when we were talking and something I, I like about your paper is that when, when we talk about the social model disability, as it relates to stuttering, um, it's often hard to talk about specifically what the barriers are in our environment because a lot of them are fairly abstract. Absolutely. Right. It's, it's, it's not as concrete as say steps being a barrier to somebody in a wheelchair. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But you write very clearly about the barriers you experienced. Um, and 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 I was hoping you could you could talk about s- s- some of those. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so I think um, it's definitely uh, um, a key barrier, uh, which is interesting because pub um, um, public speaking, you know, is a common phobia amongst many um, individuals. Um, but I think the thing with stutterers is that you are not just um, afraid of people's perceptions of you speaking, it's more you are afraid to stutter. Um, and I think that is something, I mean, you know, and I've always blamed myself because I think my, um, my speech pathologist at the time always said, how would people know um, if you don't educate them? Because there would have there were times when a colleagues um, or so would um, say something like, um, um, uh, "Let's um, um, get you to do more presentations. You, you need to do presentations." It's with this mentality of. Um, um, uh, they cannot see the stutter, so they cannot see the barriers. So there's this accidental perception that you can still function as normal. Uh, you just need to kind of get yourself um, in check, um, you know, and do it. Uh, uh, for me, presentations, you know, was a big thing um, in terms of a barrier, but I am naturally... An extrovert. I mean, um, I'm not introverted um, through my stutter, but for me, it's that, and many um, stutterers can relate to that, that it's the shame. Um, I think we already um, have already worked out in our minds that if we stutter, um, we might... um, uh, show a certain part of us that's not very pretty to society because that's how we've from um, school right into university. I mean, I had people laughing at me when I stutter. Some would complete your sentence for you. Some would say, breathe slowly or, um, you know, or don't talk so fast or um, um, do this, do that. Um, so you're always fearful 
uh, you know, during particularly for we were presentations that, especially in spaces um, of academia, uh, where um, your your speech um, speaks volumes because you need to communicate your your research, and oftentimes you are aware that it's not what you are writing but it's what you are saying that they are coming to for these conferences. So that has been a big uh, barrier for me. Yeah, one of the things you talk about in your paper specifically is the chronopolitics of the university and how stuttering doesn't fit necessarily um, into into the university's chronopolitics. Can can you uh, elucidate that for us? Sure, sure. Uh, um, You know, it's very interesting that you are mentioning this, Chris, uh, because um, up until recently, um, there's always been this this um, really um, aching need still to be a clinical psychologist. And um, um, I remember now a friend of mine, she's a good friend of mine, and she was, oh, she's a clinical psychologist. Um, she's now a clinical psychologist, I think, for 10 years. And uh, we were speaking um, a few months ago. And um, I told her, um, I'm still very fearful uh, because my experience happened in 2011. And at that point, it was eight years on, and um, um, my stuff improved in a big way, and I told her, like, how do I go there? Because every stutterer knows that um, in when time is an issue, when time is assessed, when you need to do certain tasks within a certain time frame, you actually feel that time pressure and it actually makes you stutter more. And part of the clinical psych program is that they do a week-long interviews um, so that consists of um, certain um, role plays um, of a counselling situation, etc. So you need to act and you are closely assessed in, in that week. So I asked her, um, do you think I would be able to? And she said, you know, there's only one thing you need to do. Just don't stutter during the interviews. And I was so shocked because um, her perception was that um, I cannot show. And it's this mentality. And I've seen it um, that in terms of chronopolitics that these academics will not um, push off from their time frames or their time schedules they have for certain things. They, 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 they aren't. And I think um, when I spoke to, to, to Sam um, in last week via email, uh, you know, and she, she made a very interesting point. She said, um, getting our research um, more accessible because um, my hope was um, in writing this paper was to kind of um, cause awareness about the chronopolitics and how time pressure is, in fact, a disabling issue. Like um, stairs is for someone um, with a wheelchair time pressure chronopolitics um, in a university or an academic space is a big disabling thing for stutterers. And 
um, I think the disappointing thing for me was was that um, uh, those same academics they cannot be moved by it. They they still um, continue um, in that same sequence of doing things. Um, there's not been maybe it's too early. I mean, I've just published the paper, but I've no I sent it to someone at the university and they were pleased with the paper but there was no indication that they would somehow um, do something uh, to address future stutterers uh, from from actually attaining acceptance into such programs. There's an irony there because they're expecting stutterers to change to fit their conception of time, right? And then when stutterers ask them to change just a little bit, they don't show any interest in it. No, they, um, you see, Oh, that's the sad thing that exists with stuttering is that oftentimes they take that um, lead from from people who also stuttered, who they felt, um, oh, he, um, um, I can remember when I um, shared my story with um, another clinical psychologist. And um, her words to me was, um, um, oh, you know, um, I don't believe anyone should be stopped from pursuing their dream. Um, and then she makes the statement, I know of someone who stutters, um, you know, but he didn't let that stutter keep him down. And um, then I realized that because that person was able to pass as normal, he could still do. He could still um, pass as fluent, 90% fluent. So you need to also find a way. Go for speech therapy. Um, work on your confidence. That's a common thing. Um, you know that many of these clinical psychologists, when you speak to them, that is the common discourse is this misconception that stuttering is solely an anxiety issue because we are kind of stared with these successful people who have moved beyond this, uh, you know, and now there's this um, flawed perception that I can follow the same steps as Bruce Willis, who, who is a stutterer, Marilyn, Monroe, um, those people who somehow there's been this good tale, they've overcome it. So why can't you worry? Your issue, there's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's, it's a very um, it, it's simple way of looking at stuttering, right? Absolutely. It's, you wouldn't, right? They take a handful of examples and and assume that it it applies to Absolutely. everybody that would be like it's saying um because barack obama as a black person was able to become president then therefore there must not be any more racism or that anybody absolutely. who's struggling with that can overcome absolutely. it absolutely absolutely um that is that perception right there. And the saddest thing um, with disability studies um, and psychology, um, uh, most psychology departments tend to distance themselves from disability studies. Um, um, I don't know if there's not an, an interest in it, but my supervisor currently is the only person 
in the psychology department. And there's another one that came from him, but if he doesn't push it through with his students, disability um, in psychology in South Africa would die out. In fact, um, my study um, is the first, um, one of the first studies to actually look at uh, um, um, able masculinity. And I mean, the field of men and masculinities in South Africa is a significantly growing field. But um, people have just not given enough focus. It's like they completely distance themselves from its... Uh, the thing I've found with disability, I think it's that it first needs to impact you and affect you personally for you to actually write about it. So as far as they are concerned, um, you just need to um, do it your own way. Um, we don't really specialize in a disability studies, and I think that is the issue right there in psychology in South Africa. It's um, we've just completely excluded the disability aspect, and that's why diversity in terms of personhood is not really seen. Right. We always, I always joke about this with my department. Um, there. <laughs> We're always looking at how diverse our faculty and Absolutely. our student body is. Absolutely. And generally what we mean by diversity is gender, race, and yep. ethnicity. Yep. yep. Um, and I always, I always ask at our faculty meetings, do we get any credit for having a stutterer on the, on the faculty? Absolutely. And, uh, Nobody cares. Definitely, uh, you know, and it is this, 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 um, a perception because I think, as I stated earlier, is that um, you are faced with two bodies: uh, the one that's screaming, um, um, "Get out of that disability mindset," and now you're getting the other one that is saying. Um, I am disabled. Um, I need um, the very interesting thing uh, now that you're mentioning that, Chris, is that the the female that they discriminated against and then discriminated against me. Um, we actually met in Oslo, and um, we. Then I found out it was her that they were actually referring to. And when I told about my study, um, because she's also um, a big activist about um, not seeing it as a disability, um, you just need to um, stop being ashamed of it and it will come right. And she's the same person that completely said that disability is you just being in victimhood. So who hearing that cry also coming. So it's it's very complex because who can perform it, but at the same time you're getting the others that were significantly disabled by the stutter. And I think uh, limitation um, of my study was, unfortunately, is that um, my sample mostly consisted of middle-class men, and I would have liked to have um, sampled more um, uh, working-class um, individuals um, that were significantly affected because most of my participants were actually doing quite well for themselves. And you would hear this con continuous um, citing of when I was, when my stutter was uncontrollable, I was um, disabled. 
But now that I have control, I don't see myself as disabled. So immediately that discourse gets translated into these fluent speakers. And I mean, I've seen these motivational clips that people send off stutterers that that um, just suddenly overcame their stutter. Like I know there was this video clip um, of... Um, Oh, uh, that comedian um, in America that has his own uh, talk show. Um, I can't get to his name, uh, but he, um, this female was sitting in his audience, and um, he was telling her that he started as a young boy, Steve Harvey, uh, Steve Harvey, and he was telling her that he started, um, you know, as a young boy, but. You wouldn't think, you know, what he wants to say, and then he would start talking. And instantly that worked for him, and instantly that was his absolution from stuttering. And someone sent that to me. Her that mindset, stop thinking what you are saying, and you'll stop stuttering. So um, these videos has its place, but it's also further oppressing. Um, you who genuinely um, was disabled by your stutter. It's it's also I. I can't help but think how insulting it is to be asked, oh, have you just thought about thinking of what you want to say before you speak? As if, as if I've been spending my whole life, you know, just, just talking without thinking about it. Or, um, you know, if I had, as, as if I haven't tried that. Um, definitely, you know, and the sad thing is when you um, type it in um, on Google, even when I just type in stuttering, the first thing that comes on five ways to overcome stuttering, six ways, um, like that's the immediate um, discourse, and that's why I was so happy. Uh, when I heard people like Cynthia and you and Sam um, pushing, uh, you know, for stuttering through a disabilities lens, because I, 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 um, when I started uh, with my research proposal, um, I struggled. I mean, 2017, um, I struggled to find literature that actually speaks about stuttering um, as um, a disability. Um, everyone kind of washed it off. In fact, I had a friend that said, how can you say stuttering is a disability? Don't talk nonsense. So it's this um, thing of um, you just need to, with enough focus, it's that notion of positive thinking, uh, with enough focus, um, you can do it. And that is what keeps many behind. And I think that's why um, I can only dream because I would like to apply for, for faculty positions and stuff. But with that current discourse in place, I don't see myself easily getting a faculty position. Because I would see you stutter and instantaneously they will push your application aside because part of the key criteria must be able to have good verbal skills. It seems like something that your paper does in documenting your experiences of discrimination is 
is it's 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 proof that stuttering not only is a disability but is a disability that is discriminated against right absolutely. you absolutely you have shown through your experiences that i tried to accomplish certain things in my academic career and simply because i stuttered people denied me access right it, it had not you you talk about in your paper how during your interviews you were told you were a fantastic candidate but you weren't going to be allowed in because of the way that you spoke yes 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 uh, you know, and um, it's really um, interesting um, that you mentioned that because um, uh, that ex that exact same um, person um, has been promoted um, to the dean of research um, at this particular university, and um, many people have complained about this exact person but i think uh the saddest thing for me is is that and um how the university that i was at had made it quite nice in terms of clinical work is that after your honors year you had the option of doing a six-month internship and becoming a registered counselor or uh you could um go into your master's and become a clinical psychologist, a licensed clinical psychologist. And um, that's something I mentioned um, at the end of my autoethnography, where I said that um, that same supervisor was um, over the placements. And um, he, in fact, told me in an email, that we could not find a counseling placement for you because you stutter. And now the conundrum I have is that I'm kind of once again pulled in with fluent speakers and my discrimination is hidden because I'm coming nine years later if I want to apply for clinical psychology. And I remember um, I bumped into a few lecturers from that university last year. And when I told her that, you know, I may consider um, applying for clinical psychology. And her words to me was, um, so I don't know if the same rule applies in the U.S. where uh, five years post your degree, it's too old. Uh, so you need to kind of do it over in order for you to get admission. But I know there is a way around it if you go uh, to Senate, etc. But in any case, uh, she was telling me that, um, oh, um, yeah, you can apply, but you, about where's your counseling experiences? And there was no responsibility on their side. They've kind of removed my ability. Even if I was not successful, I could have attained counseling experiences as a registered counselor. But I was robbed of that. So that instantly gets hidden under the carpet. And I get blamed for something that they did. Um, you know, but because... Um, uh, uh, um, I do not have the counseling experiences. Um, I instantly get excluded, but it's because of a decision that they made. And I, and the sad thing is, that is my fear because, I mean, my supervisor is um, quite advanced in his years, and, I mean, he'll be retiring soon. And um, I can only thank him for seeing the disabilities part in my research. But if he should retire, 
the only fear that I have is that those people who are sitting there, they will disqualify me for something that they did and that um, um, they disabled me. I could not get counseling experiences because they were the ones that told me at that point we couldn't get you a placement. But unfortunately, that won't be addressed because it just falls away. Right. It's like there's no way for you to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunate for me when I shared this article on Facebook because I was just intentional about uh, creating awareness and not just leaving it on the journals page. It's that exact thing. Um, it's, um, it's just going to die a slow death. Um, of, <laughs> um, um, fine, we had an incident like this. Um, it can't repeat it, really. Um, so we won't um, get into this debacle again. And it's like, um, let's just close it. No one's going to take any responsibility for it. Um, and, I mean, it is um, sad, this haunting feeling of me having to compete with people who are quite eloquent. They are, they've got it down. They can easily win. But I would be measured according to them. And because they got counseling experiences, I won't be able to stand the chance, you know, and that person won't get called to the book. And that's the sad thing of stuttering. Right. Something I hope your work does is it helps. I hope that it helps people to understand their experiences as not being entirely their fault, that maybe they can recognize that when they're treated negatively, it's not because they failed at being fluent. It's because of society's negative discourses about stuttering. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to just... I guess wish you the best of luck with with your future research. I I I'm excited so for for what you're going to find. No sure sure no thank you so much, Chris. I do appreciate it. All right, I I I think that's a that's a good spot for us to end. So I want to um, thank you for coming on Stutter Talk with us today and sharing some of your experiences and your. Research and maybe we can have you back on when you uh, publish some more. No, definitely. That would be wonderful. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Thank you, Dan. Mm-hmm.